0: this morning we're going to talk about habits. and usually when you think about a habit you think bad things. um they can affect you physically, emotionally, spiritually. but this morning we're going to talk about the good habit. one that we need to start developing. so our text this morning is going to be out of psalm 100. and i'm going to be reading out of the passion translation. lift up a great shout of joy to the lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into the presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through the open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thanks offering to him and affectionately bless the beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. For he keeps his promises to every generation. So when you think about praise and worship, what do you think about? You think about the music, the singing, the raising of hands, coming together as a church body. Do you think about it being a daily routine? Or a relationship? But how about this one? Discipleship. Yes, all these have to do with praise and worship. See, praise and worship have two different definitions. But they interact with each other. Just like bacon and eggs. If you see bacon, you're going to see eggs. (laughs) And as you can tell, I like my bacon and eggs. But how about bride and groom? You can't ask about a bride and not the groom. Think about it. So praise to express thanks. Worship to honor. Praise and worship. If you have praise, worship is not far behind. Or it should not be far behind. Did you know that you can pick up a habit in just over 21 days? On the 22nd day, you'll be doing it and you don't even realize it. Think about it. I know some of your parents are thinking, okay, if I can get them to start taking the trash out, that 22nd day, I won't have to argue with them. (laughs) But praise and worship is the topic this morning, but we're going to have an emphasis on the worship part. See, praise is the outward motion of thanking God for everything he's done for us. See, we all give some kind of praise, not just our Heavenly Father. If you're a parent, you praise your kids for doing well in school, or doing their chores at home, or you praise them for doing good on the ball field. If you're an employer, the boss, the owner, you're praising your employees for doing a job well done, getting a job done before a timeline. And spouses, you should be praising each other. And I hope you are praising each other because you're never too old To be praised, but in Psalm eighteen three, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, worthy to be praised. That's what He made us for. In Luke nineteen forty, Jesus replied, "I tell you, if these people talking about us keep silent, the stones will cry out in praise." He's so worthy of praise that Jesus says, "If we do not call out the rocks." Wheel. so when you came in this morning you should have received a small rock think about it what I want you to do with this rock I want you to keep it in your pocket, your pocketbook on your nightstand, on a dresser, somewhere that you will see it everyday and think about it have I praised my savior today because if you have it this is no matter what, it's gonna have the time to do it. And like Brandon said, I'm not gonna let a rock outdo me. The rock is supposed to be for building or walking on. Not to be singing praises to my Savior. That's our job. See, I think of praise as the primer bub when you go to start your lawnmower or your weed eater. You gotta pump it a few times. You gotta get the gas flowing. And see, our worship team. Does a great job of that. Church, we're so blessed. Each and every Sunday, with the musicians we have, the singers, the media team, they help set the tone to get us going. They're here every week. On Wednesday nights, they're here practicing. They're dedicated. They're up here on Sunday mornings. They practice during the week. So I would like everyone that's involved with the worship ministries here at Faith, please stand up. Thank you for your dedication to faith, for helping us. So, but worship. Let's talk about the worship part. Worship is a condition of the heart. And you're going to hear me say that a few times this morning. Because praise is the outward motion. Worship is the inward motion. It's here. And there's nothing this worship team can do about your heart. That's all you. There's nothing they can do. See, John four twenty-three. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. See the good thing about worship, you can do it privately. You can do it in your home. But see, when you do it privately, it's showing that you're dedicated to worshiping your Savior. That you're dedicated for taking the time when nobody's around to praise Him. And when you make it your daily routine, it makes you feel more comfortable in doing it in a public setting. You don't mind raising your hands. You don't mind worshiping because it's your daily routine. It don't matter who's around. See, David was a worshiper, but it was in the private times, out in the wilderness when he was all alone, that that hunger for God became the greatest. It's not for that habit he had in the private times. Would he have been known as the public worshiper that he was? Matt Redmond said, God first seeks devotion to him in the hidden place. Worship when no one else is watching. See, that builds you up. When you're doing it in private, that means you're dedicated. You're finding that time to do it and not just in the public place. See, you never know when someone may be watching you here at the church. It could be a visitor. You don't know what they've been going through. You don't know what your neighbor sitting beside you has been going through. What kind of example are you showing If you sit there, if your arms crossed and a scowl on your face, and you can't wait to get out of here, what are they thinking? See, worship attracts people like a magnet. It draws them to Jesus. Just like the north end and the south end of the magnet. They pull each other together. But when you're sitting there with a scowl on your face, it's like the south and south end. They push each other away. Our job as Christians is to disciple. And that one way to do it is through worship. It brings them closer. They want what we have. They want a heart of worship. See, when God's people experience the presence of God, when they meet God, engaging the heart, lives are changed. And consequently, lost people are drawn into God's presence as well. The unbeliever wants what the believer has. They want that joy, They want that happiness. They want that peace that we have. So the other night during our connect group, I heard about this lady named Dee Dee. A lady who used to attend here. She was very active in the ministries. And my understanding was she was a worshiper. She faced life-threatening sickness, but it did not stop her from praising and worshiping. No matter what the doctor said or how she felt, she still praised and worshiped him. And sometimes we can have a cold and we let it get us down. We can have something that happened at work and we let it get us down. So we come in here not expecting. We don't come in here wanting to receive because we have that hanging over us. Dee Dee did not care. She was facing life-threatening sickness. And she still found time to praise and worship and thank him for what he was doing. So what holds us? Whatever it is, you need to take it and leave it at the altar and come to him. You need to worship. Don't pick it back up when you leave it here. That's the thing. A lot of times we pick it right back up. Leave it at his feet. See, we're creatures of habit. Many people in today's time find it hard to worship because we are creatures of habit. It's all about how we feel. But when our desire is simply to attain a good feeling, we have lost the reality and purpose of worship. Now don't get me wrong, I want you to leave feeling better than what you came in here. But I want it to be on that one-on-one experience you just had with God. I want it to be with that careless moment that you had. I want you to feel like you're in cloud nine and you're walking in here because you have just been in the throne room Having what you need. You're getting full. I want to ask you this question. I want you to be honest with yourself. If you came in here next Sunday, all these instruments were gone. There was no praise and worship team. There was no computers back there or no projector to put words up here. What would you do when you came in here? Would you come and sit in silence? Or would you go have a conversation with somebody? Or would you turn around and go out? Be honest with yourself. Or would you come together as a body right here and have your own praise and worship time and grow together? What would you do? See, David worshiped all alone under the stars with his sheep by his side. See, some of my best worship that I've had in my life is when I was sanding floors. You can take up a lot of time when you're doing a 15 by 20 room three inches at a time. So I get to the job, I put my earbuds in, I hook it up to my phone, scroll through Spotify, any kind of Christian music I can find. I put my buds in, and I start having my praise time. Next time I know, I was in the throne room. I was having me some one-on-one time. And see, it don't matter what I had playing, because when I went to turn that machine off, I found out most of the time, my earbuds had come unplugged from my phone. But I didn't care, because I was having my one-on-one time with my Savior. See, there's so many times that we think the presence of God is supposed to only move in these four walls that we come waiting on the presence of the Lord and don't realize that we have not been in the throne room all week because we got too busy to give him true, authentic worship. We think as long as we get full on Sunday, we're okay for the rest of the week. Wrong. We're going to run into things. And there's a reason we run into problems. So we learn to lean on him. See, we got to have that praise and worship time and the private to keep us full. So we learn to keep leaning on Him. He's our strength. He helps us keep pushing forward that way. It helps keep the negativity out of your mind and your heart. See, I know me. When I miss my time, I find it hard. I get busy. There's sometimes I can't really dedicate my time like I used to. You know, I just get wound up in writing sermons and being things with the students. But usually about three or four o'clock in the morning, I'll get woke up and I'm thinking and I'm praising. See, he deserves our praise. See, but where's Jesus during this time of praise and worship? Where's Jesus when Sean hits that first pad? Or Alan hits that first key. Or Pastor Trey strums that first string. You know where he is? He's not up here. He's right here. He's dead center of your heart because it's a heart thing. Worship is a heart thing. And there's nothing we can do about that. it. That's you. See, I love being a youth pastor. I love seeing these students on Sunday nights. See, they've got a habit. They know when worship starts, they're right here. It's not because they think the closer they get to the stage, the more blessing they're going to get. Or when we go to youth convention, they want to be right up there in the front. And that's fine with me because I like to arrive early, and usually real early. But they're right there in the front. And it's not because the closer you get, the more of a blessing you're going to give. They want to be shoulder to shoulder with others. They want to be in the overflow of the presence. And it's the same way at camp, our upcoming fusion retreat. The same way they'll be right there together, worshiping together as one. Because they're not going to let the feeling dictate if they're going to get their blessing they're going to get their blessing no matter what see church worship is not just a music thing yes it helps set the tone for the praise and the melody for the worship worship is a condition of the heart it's a personal issue worship is a relationship True worshipers don't just worship on Sunday. They worship on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. They don't let anything stop them. So my challenge for you for the next 21 days, set a time to be dedicated to you, your own personal praise and worship time. And see if on the 22nd day, it doesn't, isn't just a habit, but it's a hunger to be in the presence every day. And see how it will increase of your praise and worship in public. How the overflow will start pulling the lost back into Christ. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.